Welcome to the Fight Chat Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Uh, not liking daylight savings time. Why not? You don't like you're not a you don't like the evenings long and you could do more in the evenings and I hate the fact that somewhere I just lost an hour of my life. Um, but did you? It's just it's just time, isn't it? It's all it is. It's time. You can't buy time. That's but Sunday, didn't you sleep in on Sunday? So you didn't really matter. I overslept. I'm supposed to be up at eight thirty, and uh, I obviously I'm up at nine thirty now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I guess I didn't matter to me this no. Sunday. I just woke up, and it you know my my microwave said eight thirty. Okay. And I was like, dang, I'm up early. But then my phone said 9.30. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, sounds about sucks. right. Just sucks. <laughs> my, it, ta- it just takes me a week to get over that hour. I don't. It's so weird. It's huh. weird, but it just takes me an hour to do it. Well, thank goodness for us. Um, it happened during spring break week, so our yep. kids don't have to adjust right away. That's so. good. But then the other thing is that... Next week is going to be hectic because they've been staying up all night and, you know, waking partying. up. Yeah, partying, waking up late. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, we're going to have a battle next week. I'm for, I'm for sure for that. How was your weekend? It was pretty good. I mean, uh, you were actually part of my weekend this, this past weekend. What did we do? We went to uh, a friend had a birthday party. Okay. Well, a birthday celebration. And the way he celebrated was to have a washer tournament. Yes, he did. And uh, yeah, there was over um, about 20 teams almost that participated and from all over West Texas and even somebody from Canada was there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really big, good turnout. It was a decent yeah. turnout. I mean, that was my first time there, but actually it's his seventh time having Washer Tournament Bash or something like that. And these guys, from what I, we were, you know, they were talking about is they... They travel. They go all yes. over the place. To I mean, they're official. They wear official. You know, some have official uh, shirts. Uh, you know, their own custom washers. Right. I right. mean, they're this is legit. No, definitely. I mean, they like you said, they had their jerseys. I mean, first, second, and third place teams. Yeah, they were from out of town. They were from a different. Uh, you know, they were from not from our area. Yeah. So you know, they're big money, and I think the payout was about eighteen hundred dollars. Crazy, yeah, it was nice, and and it was uh, all walks of yeah, you know ages, all, yeah, you know there I I think there was even a woman in it at, at one point. Yeah. It just it was amazing to just see that, right, right. Well, and it's actually a bigger deal than I ever thought it was, yeah, um, because a guy from Canada that I'm talking to, that I was talking to, he's actually going to try to make his own professional league. You just like you know like a dartboard league and yeah. this cornhole league. Yeah, he's he's in the process of finalizing everything um to start working on a, a actual washer pitching league that would be cool yeah yeah, yeah so it's sure. um something to look forward to yeah. um other than that i really didn't do much after movies that. no we didn't get to go to the movies okay for some reason everyone wants to see scream six so they there was do, no 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 seats available Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I thought it was crazy. I guess, I don't know. I guess it makes a perfect date night movie, I guess. absolutely. So hopefully, I'm probably going to see it sometime this week. Okay. Well, good deal. Good deal. How about you? Anything else happen to you? Uh, Well, when we got done with the washer tournament, uh, went home, um, watched the UFC because it was early. Right. And then I ended up watching the finale of the Power Slap. Oh, yeah. How did that go? And that's one reason why... The UFC was at a different location in in Las Vegas. Different location and earlier. Yeah. Because they weren't going to conflict. I will have to tell you, it's grown on me. Uh, For real. It's really grown on me. When I looked at the lineup, I thought there was only going to be like four uh, uh, slap fights. Uh, No, it was a four-hour coverage. Oh, wow. And it was one after the other. Uh, they have gotten really good through the last eight episodes. You know the whole whole transition to mm-hmm. this finale. Finale, it's a lot more professional. Uh, very, I mean, it was very well presented. Um, I watched a press conference, and of course Dana White, which I agree with, he kept explaining to the media that hey, you know, the media was like this down on Power Slap. They were down on UFC the first right, couple of years. Right, true. And and it's just part of the progression and maturity of growing a brand new sport. And you know, I really liked it. I enjoyed that evening of watching Power Slap, and I think people need to give it a try. Now, I did 
find it interesting that it's come out that TBS actually uh, they were airing the first season and the, and that Dana White has now signed a contract with Online Rumble to do season two and three. Oh wow, Online Rumble, huh? Yeah, this is a streaming service. It is, and I had to download the app on my Fire Stick to free? watch the finale. It was free. Free app, and yeah. you had to watch it the finale, so it's already on there. So it's not like it's on there, and I watch. I watched because it it went into midnight. I watched the remaining of it the next morning, so it was on there to watch. Yeah, but I mean that's interesting. I mean we'll see how that. I, I haven't really dove into it, so I haven't even given it a chance. Right. That's the thing, and yeah. I think that's the. A lot of people want to make uh, judgments or pass judgments without even giving it a chance. And I'm going to go ahead and reserve my judgment until I actually watch uh, Power Slap. I can tell you this, that it brought back feelings of when I watched the very first UFC. And I watched it live, the first couple. And when I was done watching them live, I literally was like, they're never going to let this happen. This is awful. I can't believe that I'm watching this. Right. And I felt that way when I first watched the very first and second episode of the Power Slap. And I came in here and told you, I said, dude, this yeah. is not going to happen. Well. They've already gotten better at it, so yeah, I think a trial and error. I'm sure yes. by uh, by by week by week. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, we did have a big weekend of combat sports. We had an early versions of uh, UFC uh, fight night, and we also had a big boxing match that's actually on Sunday morning, wasn't it? Sunday morning, or it was late Saturday night, but it was like almost like a Sunday morning in Australia. In Australia, right? Well, yeah. so let's go ahead and jump in um, to some boxing where we did have the return of Tony Harrison. Versus Tim Zhu. If this was going to be for the uh, interim WBO Junior Middleweight Championship of the World, live from Sydney, Australia, um, Tony Harrison, you know, he just looked really good the first couple rounds with a good jab, but technically that's all he had. Yeah, you know, Harrison had the boxing skills and styles that could have given uh, Tizu some issues, but Tizu, Tizu was just more poised, sharp. He was smarter than his opponent, and I was probably the best I've ever seen him in his career at this point. You know, you're right, and it, in spite of all the pressure, because did you see the the kind of show that um they gave for him? I mean, every time he he landed some really big fights or shots, or even got a knockdown or something, fireballs went up in the air. You know, did you see that? I did. That's I mean, crazy. They love Tim. Zou. They, love, they him. love him. Um, hundred percent pro, probably uh, Tizu crowd. Um, fighting in front of who? Did you see who they were fighting in front of? I did not. Who was it? Uh, well, actually, commentating was uh, Jamel Charlo. Oh, who's, they're actually fighting for his interim belt. That's um, interesting. So, um, yeah, so Tim Tizu did look like you said. I, I'm glad you said that. He looked composed because he didn't rush anything. First, second, third, couple of rounds, third, um, first and second, third rounds, just really cruise control, maintaining distance, keeping the pressure. And then whenever he got really good shots on Harrison, he didn't go for the kill right away. He he didn't just go in there, jump and, you know, you know, go flare, uh, do a, a, um, a flare of punches or anything like that. He took his time. You know, and that that's such a valid point because, you know, there are times when we will talk about a boxing match or, you know, other commentators or whatever, and they'll say, oh, he started slow. Well, maybe he didn't start slow. Maybe he was just really feeling out his opponent and being composed and not misfiring and, and wasting energy. Have you ever seen Harrison fight before? I have not, but I know he's a former champion, correct? He is a former champion. He's um he's a formidable fighter. I mean, he did he was good. He beat Jermel Charlo before uh, on a uh, decision that probably shouldn't have gone his way in the first place. But he was champion. But all night long, all he had was the jab, and that he landed pretty good jabs yeah. and land, set it up, used the jab to set up some really good uh, shots. But ultimately, the youth, the experience of Tim Tizu, he, the 28 year old coming in 20, 21 and 0, um, takes him into the later rounds, you know, and like. Like he said, I'm going to take him to the late rounds, into the ninth, and I'm going to finally drown him in the ninth. That's right. And that's exactly what he did. He gets a, a devastating TKO of uh, Tony Harrison. Yeah. Uh, like I said, delivering his best performance uh, as a professional. He had a mission uh, to win the title, and I think he completed that task. 
Well, now Tim Tizo is the interim WBO champion for that division, ranked six according to BoxRec, 22 and 0. Now, what do you think is next for him? Uh, great performance. Uh, when they asked him who's next, uh, specifically towards Charlo, he he was quoted by saying that the message was sent clearly. You know what's up. You know what's next. I'm coming. I'm coming to America. Australia already knows. Now the world. What is my MF name? What is my <laughs> MF name? Wow. So um, so I guess that's next then, right? Jermel Charlo so. versus um, Tim Tzu. Tim Zoo. Um, man, it's. Uh, do you think he's ready for uh, Jermel Charlo? He looks ready to me. Yeah. It didn't look like he, he, he had taken about a year off, and he doesn't look like any rust. Right, right. He's 28 years old, young. He's probably yeah. getting into his prime. Um, Jermel Charlo, he's been around a while, you know, and yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say that, you know, he's old, but he's probably, what, 32, 33, yeah. you know, in his prime right now. But, um, man, Zoo does look a little bit more youthful, um, fast, strong, composed. Um, how do you think that fight goes? If if Tizu comes in and fights like he did on this night, Charlo's got, Charlo's got a lot to worry about. Now, let's say for some reason this doesn't happen. Do you have another name that you're thinking about? If not, I do. I do not. Who do you have? Well, I have uh, a Sebastian Fundora who's actually got a fight lined up pretty soon. So could line up pretty good for some a big summer uh, fight. So he's fighting for, a, I think, the WBC Interim Championship, another one of Jamero Charlo's belt. Um, and so if he wins, maybe they can both set it up and unify. Uh, is there such thing as a unified interim champion? Yeah, well, I mean, they're not going to unify because if Fandora and Tibzu fight each other, then one of them will have two interim belts. Yeah. And then turn around and fight Charlo, Charlo. for the official to unify, I guess, right? Unify two of them at one time. That's a fascinating way to do that. Yeah. So let's just hope. I mean, all, all roads are pointing towards a Jermel Charlo, uh, Tim Zoo fight. Uh, but if for some reason, because we've had it before, I think Jermel Charlo had to pull out a couple of times against yeah. Tim Zoo. Um, you know, then now we uh, maybe Sebastian Fondora, if he gets over his hurdle here, I think in April, he's going to fight. What ex- exciting top of that division right now. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, that's um, that's a wrap for this past weekend's boxing event. Now on to our preview for this week's fights. And we have one big fight on deck for everyone. Um, it's this Saturday night, March 18th, live from Long Beach, California, the Walter Pyramid, Gilberto Ramirez versus Gabe Rosado. And this is in the light heavyweight division at 175 pounds. Alter, Better Beef, and Dimitri Beevil are our champs. Now, this is on the DAZN app. Now, Gerberto Zerdo Ramirez is 31 years old, 44-1 and one with 30 KOs. He is currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision November of last year, and he debuted in 2009. Now, Gabriel King Rizzuto is 37 years old, 26 and 16, 15 KOs. He is currently ranked 23rd in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision September of last year, and he debuted in 2006. Now, Ramirez is a massive favorite at a minus 2,000, and Rizzuto is a plus 900. Gilberto Ramirez is from Mexico. He stands at 6'2 with a 75-inch reach, fighting out of the southpaw fight stance. He has a 68% knockout rate with notable wins against Dominic Brazil and Sullivan Barrera. Notable losses come against Dimitri Bivol. Gabe Rosado is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He stands at 5'11 with a 71-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance, and now has a 57% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Humberto Gutierrez, Glenn Tapia, and notable losses come against Ali Akhmedov, Akhmedov Shane Mosley, and Jaime Munguia. Well, this is going to be an interesting fight because we have Ramirez taking his first loss in his last fight. And you know what I always say, I always like to see what a fighter does after a loss mentally. Ramirez came in 44-0 and against uh, Dimitri Bivol, Bivol and just gets outclassed by Dimitri Bivol. 
Um, this is, um, I guess, the next chapter in uh, Ramirez's life against a Gabriel Zotto who's been in the um, been in boxing for a long time, coming off of a three fight losing streak, two and five in the last seven fights, um, and. You know, it's almost on his last legs, I think. And he's got nothing to lose in this one. And that's a dangerous Gabe Rosado because I don't know if you ever seen Gabe Rosado fight. I have not. He is a brawler. He will throw caution to the wind, and he will go out there and try to get a knockout. And he even got the knockout of the year in 2021 uh, with the brutal knockout. And you don't consider Ramirez a brawler. He's more technical, right? Right, more technical. He's going to he's gonna pick his shots, and, and but... Gabriel Zotto is going to go in there, get inside, try to make it a dirty, ugly fight yeah. because that's the way he likes to fight. Well, the odd ma- odds makers are like me. Uh, I, I mean, until I see two in a row with Ramirez, right. I'm going to go with him, and I'm actually going to go with a KO in the six. No, and I'm actually also going for um, Gilberto Ramirez um, TKO in the eighth. I think Rosado is just going to do again, like I said, caution through to the win and just get caught with a, a devastating blow. If Ramirez can weather the storm and be smart in his head mentally and let Rizzuto, uh tire out, I, 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 I see no problem putting this guy away in the middle rounds. Well, that wraps up this um, week's big boxing preview of Gabriel Rosado versus Gilberto Ramirez. Again, this is from Long Beach, California, um, this Saturday night. Now on to our boxing news and notes. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk inform WBA that they have reached a tentative deal for the undisputed unification. ESPN reports that the representatives from both sides have now informed the WBA that they have reached a tentative agreement for the fight to take place, which the sanctioning body has acknowledged. And currently right now, the purse split is 70-30 for Fury. Do you think that's a fair deal? Um, I, I think I called for that earlier. You reluctantly called for it in our last podcast. I did, said didn't it I? seemed not really fair, though. Right. It didn't. It doesn't seem fair no. at all, but it makes sense right now. 70-30. I've heard on the flip side, too, that this contract also includes a no rematch clause. I have heard that, too. What do you think about that? And that's that's a... Uh, that's kind of, I guess, tricky, right? You know, what if Tyson does, Tyson Fury does lose? You know, well, then that's it. You know, it's just those rematch clauses are, you know, double-sided edged swords, right? They are, right? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I've read where some that if that is true or they're trying to put that in there, that Fury is going to uh, dispute it and say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean... That's putting your cojones on the table, yeah. right? That's yeah. saying, "Hey, this is this is should be for all the marbles." All the marbles and for keeps. For keeps. Right. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. See what happens. Hopefully yeah. that fight happen that fight happens sometimes this spring or summer. Yeah. Um finally get that rolling. I think Tyson Fury is actually starting to train right now. Oh, so is I've he? seen I've seen some Instagram nice. posts of him uh running and doing some working out and so yeah, it looks like the trains uh br- uh coming down that tracks. We have a lot of really awesome trains in boxing. Is this the best one of the year so far? Um I don't think so. No. Not the best one. Okay. I think there are, there are other fights that we want to see okay. more than this one right here. Yep. I don't know if you remember, but Manny Pacquiao, do you remember that name? Isn't he the president of like Taiwan? He's a senator. Oh, senator. In, yes. In, in uh, the Philippines. Yes. And then he side hustles like boxing? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, he did retire back in August of 2021. Okay. Um, but, however, he has announced that he does plan to fight again, um, according to ESPN. Do you know who he wants to fight? Well, how old is he? Well, the 44-year-old. So he's 44. Oh, I thought he was 50. Okay. All right, 44, and he's going to fight. So hold on. You think 50 and 44 in boxing are are worlds apart? I do. Uh, are they not? I don't think so. Do you think they're, like, once you get in the 40s, they're all the same? I think once you get to 44, yeah. I think 41, yeah. you're you're at the, at the edge of the cliff. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully he's fighting somebody that's close to his age. Well, how about, um, have you ever heard of this uh, old timer? His name is Connor Bin. He is not old. And he, isn't he in his prime? He sure is. Why are we doing this? 
that I'm pretty sure the rest of the boxing world is uh, saying the same thing. And here's the thing. Isn't Conor Ben on his way up? I mean, isn't he one that we were looking at for a future champion? Yeah. And doesn't he have everything to lose if he loses to Pacquiao? Yeah. Ugh. Well, the son of the British uh, legend, Nigel Ben, Conor has impressed in the last few fights with the explosive knockouts and the explosive power that does possess. He was supposed to fight against Chris Eubank Jr., but that was uh, uh, scrapped because of a positive test, remember, uh, this uh, past summer. Um, But he has been cleared of everything, and he's ready to get back in the ring. But what a name to to pull out of the hat. Um, Do you think... You'll respect Conor Ben if he blows Manny Pacquiao out of the, the water. No, I don't. It's not going to help her. It's not going to help me like uh, respect Conor Ben more. In fact, what I think this is is a money grab. Uh, I think so too. You know, both ways, right? Yes, both ways. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I've seen a uh, a video of Manny Pacquiao after his fight against um his last opponent. I don't remember who was his last opponent was, but his wife was having to feed him. Like he oh, was I, oh I didn't see that yeah it, oh it was gosh. like he was just gone. Well, that's not good. That's not good. And forty four years old. Yeah. So I'm really concerned. I hope you know. Well, I mean, this is probably going to be in UK, so there's probably not going to be a sanctioning body that will investigate. And maybe there is a sanctioning body. I'm sure yeah. in in the UK, but I hope smarter people prevail. Realize, yeah, <laughs> because in my opinion, I'm just worried about the legend. Um, uh, Manny Pacquiao, he's gone through a lot in his career, he right? Yeah. Um, and Conor Ben, he's just a monster, and that me and you have seen coming up, and 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 are waiting for that next step that Conor Ben is is uh, predicted to take. This could be a a dangerous dangerous uh boxing match for Pacquiao for sure. Yeah, but I'll still buy the pay per view. <laughs> we'll, of course, we'll still buy it. Triple G vacates WBA title and Laura is named the sole champion. Triple G second title reign is over. WBA announced today that the legend has formally resigned his world champion position in the face of an impending purse bid with the world titleist Laura, who is now recognized as a sanctioning body's sole middleweight champion. This comes after a month of Triple G vacating his IBF belt in similar circumstances, leaving mandatory challenger Falco to face Michael Zivera for the title. There does remain one potential dance partner at 160 for Triple G, Jamie Mungia. So what do you think about him just dropping these belts now? Um... And Triple G, you know what? I I think it goes along the lines of uh, he's not at old as old as Pacquiao, but I mean we saw him fight against uh, Canelo, right? It wasn't good, and it wasn't that he didn't sh- no. he didn't look good. I just don't know if um I want to see Triple G move up in the division because who else is going to be there? Who's who? Uh, I mean if he stays in the division like you just said, he's going to fight Jaime Munguia. I don't like that Powerful. fight for him either. Jaime Munguia. Yeah, that's no, terrible. I don't like that. Yeah. Um. And then moving up, well, then who's the other killers in that next division? Yeah. I I don't know if I want to see that. But, I mean, he's not as old as Manny Pacquiao. I think he's probably about 39, 40. Right. You know, so I think he's right towards the edge. And another, I think he's just, you know, the love of the game is just hard to walk away from. It's hard to walk away from. And, you know, I would just love for Triple G. I respect him for dropping these titles because he knows he can't defend them properly like he probably wants to do. Um, and I probably wish, like you're saying, for him to just ride off in the sunset and retire. Well, it looks like we have um, probably boxing's top star going to get back, getting back into the ring after um, a surgery in October. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is back this May 5th against... Against. It's not Dimitri Bivol. It's not, it's not Triple G either. Okay. It is John Ryder. John Ryder. 32 wins and five losses. His last win comes from uh, against Zach Parker. Um, this was in November of 2022. And he's got a win against Daniel Jacobs, uh, February of 2022. Um, 
This one's going to be for the WBA Super, WBC, IBF, WBO, and the Ring Super Middleweight titles. Um, do you think John Ryder has a chance? So Canelo is finally putting all his belts up instead yes. of going after another one. Yeah. And this is a super middleweight rather than, um, you know, because the last couple of fights he's been moving up in weight Correct. Uh, against Beeble. And now he's coming back to his original weight class, defending all of his titles against John Ryder. I say John Ryder doesn't, he doesn't stand a chance, but the last time I've seen Canelo, the last two fights haven't been just overwhelmingly like, oh my gosh, he's going to crush John Ryder. Well, let me tell you one more play, one more thing that okay. will um, factor into this. Uh, this is going to be live from Guadalajara, Mexico, his hometown, um, the Estadio Akron, uh, which holds 50,000 people. Seems like the theme of the night is the one fighter has a lot to lose. Yeah. So uh, if you wanted pressure, well, Canelo's got pressure. He's going to fight, what, in his home country? Hometown. Hometown. In home country. And put up all his belts. All the belts. Right. And he's coming off an injury. Yep. And just a year ago, he lost, got decimated by Demetri Beevil. So he's got to win this. He's got to win this. Yeah. I'm sure that sets up for something else later in the fall on uh, the Cesace City, which is more the fights, the times that he normally fights. Um, maybe that's going to be a rematch against or or the winner of Beevil and Better Beevil, if that happens this spring or summer. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, I guess best of luck to John Ryder, but uh, I'm pretty sure those odds are going to be very high. I think they will, too. Do you have any other news and notes? I do not. All right, well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment this week. Now on to our MMA recap of UFC Fight Night Jan versus Dashavili. Um, kicking off the UFC fight card. And again, this was gonna, this was from the theater at Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas, Nevada. Kicking off our recap, we do have a, um, I guess you would call a rematch or a rescheduled fight of Nikita Karlov versus Ryan Spann in a, in a catchweight match. A fight that was canceled last week saw two fighters coming out swinging for the fences in this battle. Oh, man, it was a great fight. I mean, Ryan Spann looked ba- Ryan Spann-ish. And he just came out swinging. Yeah, Spam was throwing punches while Kurloff was landing kicks. Uh, you know, Spam got on top at one point, and we thought he was going to get his panting and guillotine, but he couldn't get it in. Oh, no, he and he, I think he almost had it twice. He had it really in there. Um, I, I even saw Kurloff started, and the commentators even mentioned that he was jerking his head, kind of panicking maybe. Um, but then um, they get back on the feet, and then later on in the first round, we do have uh, Ryan Spann almost trying to get a knockdown yep, or a takedown, but Karlov, using his expertise in, I guess, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, winds up getting the upper hand and getting a submission. He locked in the triangle. Spam was on top. It looked like he was fixing to do, you know, what, what Span does. And yeah. He's really good on the ground. And he just made a mistake. Made the, yeah, that's what it is. It's just a really big mistake against an elite BJJ fighter. And Kurlov gets that triangle submission in the first round. Man, well, what do you think's next for our? I think he's ranked number five in the division. Yeah, he's ranked fifth. Uh, he's thirty and nine, eleven and seven in the UFC uh, now. Big win against a name fighter. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, let's put him up against uh, someone that is right below him, Alexander Radic, for his next fight. I like that. I know Radic is still uh, coming off an of injury, um, you know, so I don't know how much more longer he's gonna stay out. Um, but I did, I did see that name, and I did like that name. But it, if you look above um, Kurloff, it's a log jam. It's like, okay, these pieces are not moving at all up here yep. because they're waiting for you know a couple other pieces to move or yep. something to happen. Um, but I have maybe a Magomed, Magomed Ankeliev, 17-1, who's right there ranked a little bit, I think just a little bit behind him. Um, or in front of him, I have uh, Jan Bahovic later on. I saw both those names, and uh, from what I saw, Kurilov panicking, like you said, a little bit. Uh, Span really honestly was winning that fight until he made a mistake. Right. Those two names you put yeah. is are tough nights out. He exactly. needs to go go in the gym and tighten up his game if he's going to fight those two guys. And doesn't he seem like he's a, a smaller guy compared to a Jan Bohovic? He is a smaller right? guy, yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think about Ryan's Superman span? 21 and 8, 7 and 3 now in the UFC, a very tough loss for sure. Um, but I'll tell you, I think a fight with Paul Craig, who's sitting at 11th, should be next. And we'll see if Span should remain in the top 10 or be replaced by Paul Craig. Um, you know what? There's a fight coming up this uh, this May. It's Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker. I yep. like the loser to fight Ryan Span. It's a while to, for him to take off, though, isn't it? Um, to May? Well, it's not till May. He's gonna, then got to wait for them to... To heal? Yeah. yeah I so think, it could be fall. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's okay. Yeah, I guess I guess being in March. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, or if that doesn't happen, I got a Paul Craig waiting in the ranks. Yeah, there you go. Next up on the card, we have Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov in a heavyweight division clash. A big fight in this division that would see the winner one fight closer to a title shot. Um, man, the battle of Alexander's uh really wasn't in a battle at all. It wasn't. Volkov looked great. I thought he had great ground and pound, great takedown defense early on. I think he was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it was the old Alexander Volkov. Um, one issue I did have with uh, Romanov, he looked terrible. His physique looked terrible. If you ever compared him to other fights in the past, he looked fit in these other fights. Yeah. His physique was terrible. Um, um, I'm, I've been hearing other people also comment saying that there might have been an injury involved where he just didn't train. He just was here to not back out and just get a little payday and move on with it. Um, but he looked terrible, and he couldn't stand for anything. Here's, here's my opinion. I think the last loss to Marcin Tabera has affected him mentally. Really? You think so? And I don't... He doesn't seem himself right now. Wow. And I think he checked out, like you said, I think mentally he checked out and said, you know, I just need to get a payday right now. I know that he normally is at 245. They said he tipped the scales at 264. Like, that's not normal for him. Right. And like I always say, when when you have that first loss after a lot of wins... How do you come back mentally? And I think this is an example where he's just not mentally checked back into fighting. That's right. He came in 16-0 and against Tabura and then finally gets his two-fight losing streak now. So how if he's already suffering from that mentally from the first loss, now he's got the second loss, an embarrassing loss, right? Yes. Because it was embarrassing. Um, but enough of that. I mean, what do you think next for Volkov? 36-10, and 10-4 and in the UFC. Looked great. Um, he has actually lost to everyone in the top five, Volkov is, except Sergei Palovich. So I think that should be next for him. Well, I know uh, on April 22nd, Sergei Palovich and Curtis Blades have a match. I feel the winner of that fight should fight Volkov. Yeah, and if Curtis Blade comes out of that, um, I'm early on picking him, uh, then Volkov would avenge that uh, loss to Blades. Right. Um, how about for Romanov? I mean, I know we say he's it's um, it probably something mental, maybe. Um, he's, like you said, 16-2, and two, probably already going to be ranked in the lower 20s or in the mid-20s. Um, what do you think is next for him? 16-2 now, 5-2 uh, in the UFC. He was clearly dominating this fight. Um you know, physically, uh, he needs to get back in the gym uh, and work on some things. Mentally, he needs to get his head right. I just think let's take some time off a little bit and let's just figure out where I am in my career. You know, I have a, a cure-all right now that's here. But he's coming off a win, so, you know, he's not really cure-all anymore. Yeah. He, uh, Augusta Sakai. Okay. But he's I, coming I'm, off a really good win, it, but he was on a four or five fight winning streak. I'm I'm worried. Streak, I'm sorry. I, I'm worried that the hole that Ro- Romanoff is in is going to get and deeper, then, and, and that then, scares yeah. me for him because I like Romanoff. I yeah. just think he needs to fix some things. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening: Murab Dashavili versus Peter Yan um, in a bantamweight division clash. A fight that had future title implications on the line for these two fighters. Wow, this is a really good fight if you really liked wrestling. Um, yep. If you like the tactical fighting, um, because Marab Deshavili comes out, I think he almost did almost fifty attempts to a takedown. A record, a record, right? Uh, Peter Yan didn't have any answers. The only answer that he did have was a pretty good leg kicks, um, trying to get Deshavili. But other than that, he had no answers for the attempted takedowns uh, and trying to defend uh, the takedowns. 
This sums up the fight for me. Mm-hmm. I think Murab looked dominant and and looked like he's going to be a future champ in this bantamweight division. And Peter Yawn right now looked like the shell of a former champion. That's I, what it feels. Yeah, it feels that way, right? It yeah. feels like they read the decision. He looked just not all there. As far as like his passion was not there anymore. It, 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 you read my notes because I wrote down his heart is not into fighting right now. I think those losses even though they were close losses, and some would say that he won some of those fights. Right. I I just think that they've taken a toll mentally, and I think that's the other uh, thing for the, this podcast is mentalness right. in the game. Uh, if he would have – if it started with the first Sterling – Lost that he clearly was winning that fight and he made a mistake, right? And they and he lost his championship and it is now he is rolling down that mountain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, gosh, that one kick, the one knee yeah. to the head, changed his whole fighting career right now. Career, life, right? His life. Yes. Um, Deshavili, uh like you said, sixteen and four, ranked second in the division. Is he going? Is he next for a championship fight? Look, 16-4, 9-2 in the UFC, an awesome performance. Uh, here's the problem. This is a jammed-up division right now yeah. because we have a former champ coming out of retirement to fight the champ. So the problem is if he, the former champ didn't come come in, then Murab would be up next. But he's here's the problem. He said... He's come out and said he's not willing to fight the champ because right. they're friends, yeah. and he's just going to wait until his friend moves up and wait. Yep. Yep. And we've since seen Dana White come out and say, bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look out for yourself what, I, sometimes, right? I mean, you would you would think if this was um, more, it was, it's not more about relationships, it's about competitiveness, right? I mean, that's what you're here for. And I get it, it's brother, brotherhood and everything, but they both of them should understand this is part of the part of the game, right? So here's, again, this goes back to what I always say on the podcast. Do you stay in line and wait, or do you get out of line and, and stay active? So let's just say he gets out of line. I've got a Sean O'Malley next, but what if he loses? <laughs> then he's out of line. What do you think he should be doing? Well, the thing is that I think Sean O'Malley is in line for the winner of uh, of uh, Sterling and Cejudo. But sh- should he the, be? The thing is, well, well, the, the UFC is going to make some money that way, right? Right. So if you're if you're Sean O'Malley, do you fight the winner of that fight for a championship, or do you fight Deshavili? Which one makes more sense? Well, the championship makes more sense, right. but my issue with this, and I know at the end of the day it's about money, but O'Malley's sitting in this ranking at six. Murab is sitting at second. Right. Why yeah. are we having number six yeah. jump to, to fight the winner of the championship fight coming up when it is clearly Murab's next up? Right. And, you know, if that doesn't happen, well, it won't happen, right? Because he, he, we already know this trajectory, right? Yeah. He's, he's yep. not going to get that yep. win. Let's say Sterling does win against Cejudo. Well, he's not going to fight for the championship again. So, okay, well, let's, um, again, we mentioned uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, O'Malley jumping in. Um, so, I think this leads for Deshavili to fight the loser of Cheeto Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. Well, and and I thought about that as well as maybe maybe fighting the winner of that. The winner of that. But uh, let me go back to that championship. Let let's say Suhuda wins. If Suhuda wins, Murad's fighting next. If Suhuda loses and Sterling it wins, then O'Malley's fighting next. I think that's what's going to happen. No, I, no? I think that the money is Suhuda wins, O'Malley fights. And because, how do you think? Okay, so how and do I you know think, it doesn't sound yeah. fair. I know it's not fair. Yeah. I know. Life ain't fair, though. It's right? not, and you don't. Whenever you have millions upon millions on the line, to and, and uh, UFC is about to make that, and they already have beef with each other. They're backstage, backstage, talking mess to each other, yeah. pushing each other around. Uh, Cejudo and O'Malley, uh, it's just a, it's just um, you know, money in the making, right? They're just you're literally printing money right there. My boy's Chandler, and your boy is O'Malley. How do you think he fares against the this? The champion and Cejudo. Does, does well, he win? I mean, I got, I got to figure out how he looks like against Cejudo, against Sterling. Okay. If he just dominates Sterling, I think Cejudo is just just above a, a class B above um, uh, O'Malley because I think right now 
I'm thinking uh, Sterling could possibly take O'Malley. I, I think so, too. I, I, I mean, I don't think O'Malley fares well. I'd like him to have a couple more fights, to be quite honest with you. Right. I, I know that's not going to happen because they, it, they're money fights, but it's this division is very interesting right now. Um, add a little bit more to this interest. Um, how about Peter Yan? Wow. Uh, former champ, 16 and 5, 8 and 4 in the UFC now. One and four in his last five fights. I want him to take some time off. I think he needs to get uh, his headspace back in line uh, and figure out where he is in this division and where he is in his fighting career right now. No, you're right. I mean, I do. I mean, I do have a name here, or you know, uh, for him or for him to fight next, but. I mean, I would not put it past him to, to just take some time, go back to, I think he, he stays in or lives in Thailand or something like that, and uh, just uh, just recuperate, rehab, get back mentally into the game. Uh, but if not, um, I have the winner of Font versus Yanez. Who, that, that fight is April uh, 8th. Where are those guys ranked? Um, Font and Yanez, I think they're ranked uh, top outside 15? of the top 10. Yeah, 15, top 15. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't like it. You don't like it. If you gave me a top thirty, you gave me the thirtieth fighter in this division. Don't like. I it. don't like it. Wow. I, I I know that, and it's terrible to say that, but Jan doesn't look like he's he's a fighter right now. Oh yeah. So maybe you know some time off will do him better. So, uh, do we have any bonuses for this? Who do you think was fight of the night? And actually, wasn't even on the main card. So I'm, I, I, did you even watch any other fights? Uh, not too many. Who, 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 what was the fight of the night? Um, so the fight of the night was Vitor Petrino versus Anton Turkal, um, which uh, saw uh, Petrino. Well, actually was on the main card, but it was a decision, a unanimous decision, 30-26, 30-27, and 30-27. How about performances of the night? And again, we don't have anybody on the main card. Oh, we don't? No. So I guess we just we'll just say it rather than guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so performance of the night, we have Davey Grant, who had a technical submission, an inverted triangle ch- choke against Rafael Asansal, and Bruno Gusto da Silva, who had a, another technical submission, uh, a rear naked choke. Good for them. Um, you know, just kind of looking at the, some of the names on the card, we did have a win by Irene, Irene Lipsky. Um, she fought J.J. Aldrich and won that fight. Uh, Jonathan Martinez getting a big win, probably the win of his career against Saeed Nurmagomedov. Yes, I actually did see that. Oh yeah. One. So how did that fight go? Yeah, it was it was incredible because you know Nurmagomedov, you know. From where he's from and his yeah. name alone, you know, he, he has a lot riding on there and he just got he got out fought. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Jonathan Martinez, a fellow Texan. And I don't know if you we were gonna say this, but we did have uh maybe a retirement for one of um uh, I guess one of the bigger fighters in, in the uh, bantamweight division. Yeah, I can't remember who who took the glove off. Uh, Rafael Asensal. That's right. That's and right. And he's been a been a name in the, in that division. He's had fights against um, Ricky Simone, Cody Garbrandt, Garbrandt, Corey San uh, Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Marais, Rob Font, um, Aljamain Sterling. He's even beaten Aljamain Sterling. Uh, T.J. Dillashaw. Um, twice, and um, you know the names go on and on. So yeah, he he finally sets, you know, I guess puts his gloves in the middle of the ring, and ends his career at twenty eight and ten. So where do you uh, where do you put the bar on this, this? On this one, um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid eight. It seemed like a really good card. I thought you were gonna do a seven, and I agree with you. I think it's a solid eight. Yeah, solid I mean, eight. it was very entertaining uh, main card for sure, and we had uh, some interesting preliminary ones as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up our recap of UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Dashavili. Well, our UFC train leaves Las Vegas. Leaves Las Vegas, a minor depot, and now yeah, we're moving on to a major stop. A major stop across the pond. Live from the O2 Arena in London, England, this March 18th, we have UFC 286, Leon Edwards versus Kamaro Usman. Kicking off the sh- our preview, we do have Marvin Vittori versus Roman Dolizzi. 
So this is in the middleweight division, 185 pounds. Alex Piera is our current champion. Now Marvin, the Italian dream, Vittori, is 29 years old, 18-6 and six, with two KOs, nine submissions, and seven decisions. He's currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was lost by decision in September of last year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now Roman, the Caucasian. Dolalese is 34 years old, 12 and 1 with 7 KOs, 3 submissions, and 2 decisions. He is currently ranked 9th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the second round, December of last year, and he's on a four fight win streak. Now, Vittori is a favorite at minus 270, and Dolalese is an underdog at 220. Marvin Vittori is from Italy. He stands at 6 foot with a 74 inch reach, representing King's MMA. Notable wins come against Paulo Costa. Kevin Holland, and Jack Hermanson. Notable losses come against Robert Whitaker and two losses versus Israel Adesanya. Roman Dolizzi is from Georgia. He stands at 6'3 with a 76-inch reach, representing Extreme Couture MMA. Notable wins come against Jack Hermanson, Phil Hawes, and Kyle Dawkins. Notable losses come against Trevin Giles. I like watching Marvin... Vittori. I like watching him. I like watching him self implode sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, get the best of himself. He does. Um, you know, and you know that's kind of been the story of his his career the last couple of years. It has, yeah. Uh, even though Dolizzi is on a four fight win streak, I am taking Vittori. Oh wow! By KO in the second round. Well, I think Marvin Vittori will get the best of him again. And uh, I choose Roman Dolice with a decision win. Next up on the card, we have Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Faziv in a lightweight division clash. This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makhachev is our current champion. Now, Justin the highlight, Gagey, is 34 years old, 23-4, and four, with 19 KOs, one submission, and three decisions. He is currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, May of last year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Rafael Adaman Faziz is 30 years old, 12-1, and one, with eight KOs, one submission, and three decisions. He is currently ranked sixth in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the fifth round, July of last year, and he is on a six-fight win streak. Now, Faziv is a minus 240, and Gagey is an underdog at plus 200. Justin Gaethje is from Safford, Arizona. He stands at 5'11", with a 69.5-inch reach, representing Elevation Fight Team. Notable wins come against Chan- Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, and Donald Cerrone. Notable losses come against Charles Oliveira, Habib Nurmagomedov, and Dustin Poirier. Rafael Faziv is from Kazakhstan. He stands at 5'8", with a 71-inch reach, representing Sanford MMA. Notable wins come against Rafael Dos Anjos, Brad Rydell, and Bobby Green. Notable losses come against Magomed Mustafiv. Justin Gagey has a resume. Doesn't he? I was looking at this, Ooh. and I was like, wow, wins against Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone, fights against Oliveira, Nurmagomedov, Poirier, and that's just six of them. I mean, the, the list goes on the and on. The list goes on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'll make this short and sweet. I like Gagey. I like him by KO in the second round. Well, I also like uh, Gechi, and um, I'm going to say TKO in the third round. My only sad part about this fight is that it's not five rounds. I know. Well, but that probably makes it more interesting. Yes, that is correct. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening, Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman in a welterweight division clash. This is at 170 pounds. Leon Edwards is our current champion. Now, Leon Rocky Edwards is 31 years old, 20-3 and three, with 7 KOs, 3 submissions, and 10 decisions. He is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the fifth round, August of last year, and he is 10 0-1 in his last 11 fights. Now, Kamara, the Nigerian nightmare, Usman, is 35 years old, 20-2, and 2, 
With nine KOs, one submission, and ten decisions, he is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a loss by KO in the fifth round, August of last year, and he is 19-1 and one in his last 20 fights. Now, Usman, the challenger, is a minus 240, and the champion is the underdog at a plus 200. Leon Edwards is from England. He stands at six foot with a 74-inch reach, representing Team Renegade BJJ. Notable wins come against Kamaru Usman, Nate Diaz, and Rafael Dos Anjos. Notable losses come against Kamaru Usman and Claudio Silva. Silva. Kamaru Usman is from Nigeria. He stands at six foot with a 76-inch reach, representing Kilcliffe FC. Notable wins come against Kobe Covington, Jorge Masvidal, and Gilbert Burns. Notable losses come against Leon Edwards. So are we going to have a miracle knockout again? Well, it's funny you say that because here is the issue. Okay. If Usman did the does what he did in the those first four rounds, plays smart, right. composure, he wins by decision. If Usman wants to make a statement that he is that much better than Edwards, he may get caught again. That's that's the issue. Is where is Usman's head? What is he? What is his game plan to to make a statement? Or to get my belt back. What do you? What do you? No, think you're is- right. You're right because um, if you go out there and say, you know, that was a fluke. I'm gonna go out there and just get my belt back in dramatic fashion. I'm gonna knock him out. I'm gonna get my belt and come back home. Um, yeah, I mean, there's that possibility of getting caught again because you're being reckless. Uh, Usman is one to not be so reckless. You know, fight with smarts, but he's also been a brawler i mean point case in point against george masvidal or hit masvidal yeah i mean he just goes in there and gets a knockout and that's what i think he's gonna do in the second round against leon edwards usman wins his title back by knockout knockout in the second round yeah okay i also like usman i'm gonna go with the not make a statement i'm gonna go with i'm gonna be smart and get my belt back so i'm gonna take him by decision decision well, where do we set this bar? Uh, this bar, uh, let's see. I mean, right now, with those three fights that okay. we have, um, I say mm, probably about an eight right now. Okay. I, I'm going to go a little higher, eight, five. I've okay. got some expectations here. Maybe my bar's a little high, but uh, we've been very blessed the last couple of weeks with some good fight cards. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up our preview of UFC 286. Again, this is going to be live this Saturday from the O2 Arena, um, London, England. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Henry Cejudo doesn't want Herb Dean to officiate the Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards at UFC 286. Let's bring somebody neutral in. The former two-division champion wasn't a fan of the referee's work in the last fight between Usman and Edwards. So what do you think about the number one official officiating this? Do you agree with Henry Cejudo or not? Um, Man, I don't, I don't, I think he's biased. I mean, not biased. I think he's... Cejudo? No. Uh, Herb Dean? Herb Dean, yeah. I think he's, he's been okay, right? I mean, he's had questionable calls. He's had questionable... But he's not happen. biased. No, I, I'm saying he's not biased. Not, not yeah, biased. yeah. Okay. Um, because I mean, again, he's got a reputation, and maybe that's been tarnished a little bit over the last few years. But I mean, he's only human, also, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree that he's biased. I don't either. But you know, I do see that there's been some hiccups or some you know questionable calls or things happen um, within the last year, two years, and and I don't know what Sahudo's wanting. Yeah, I mean, he's human. They make you make mistakes, and you know from what I've seen uh, in the news, he's always owned up to mistakes he's made, and he tries to do the best he can. I think I think he's still the best in the in the game as far as officiating, and I uh, want him to be officiating when he can championship fights like this. All right, well, um, I don't know if you've heard this, but Conor McGregor is still not in the USADA pool as of March 13th. That's probably saying that the fight against Chandler could happen maybe in the fall and not in the late spring or summer. Why is this happening? That doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't, right? 
I mean, but have you seen Conor McGregor and compared him to the old Conor McGregor? And I realize we're, you know, we're, he's an older person and, you know, physique's a little bit different. But, man, this is a totally changed yeah. Conor McGregor, yeah. right? Th- this is literally like if you look up Victor Belfort when he was, uh, let's be honest, doing uh, performance-enhancing drugs and then the USADA came around and he couldn't do it anymore. Uh, looks two different, two different individuals. So yeah. uh, I don't think anybody is surprised he hasn't entered the uh, USADA pool yet. Jorge Masv- Masvidal outlines violent prediction for a potential Jake Paul fight. The former UFC title challenger feels his considerable edge in fighting experience would be the difference against Paul. Masvidal is set to return to action in a co-main event at UFC 287 against Gilbert Burns, but apparently he might already be eyeing potential opponents for when his time in the UFC comes to the end. He says Jake Paul wouldn't be ready for that heat. I'm throwing with bad intentions, and I'm a pro with 50 fights. I'm not going to get tired throwing heat, and I'm there to take your head off. You're going to have to do some really evasive things in that ring to get away from me. Jake hasn't hit that stride yet. So, how do you think Jorge Masvidal would do against Jake Paul in boxing? Um, I think it's going to be a repeat of the, um, of the uh, last fight Jake Paul had because... Masvidal is not really a boxer, professional boxer per se, so he doesn't have spend his whole time thinking about boxing. Right. And then uh, Jake Paul is still an up-and-comer boxing, so I think we're going to get almost the exact same thing versus each for with that fight. I'm going to take Jake Paul's last fight out because he he fought a legit boxer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take the best non-boxer opponent Jake Paul had, which was Anderson Silva, who gave him a run for his money. Well, if I put Masvidal in with Anderson Silva, I think Anderson Silva beats Masvidal in a boxing match. Right. And at the end of his career, Silva, with not as much experience in boxing, it says a lot. So if he ain't beating Silva, I know Masvidal is not beating Jake Paul right now. I mean, Jake Paul is on a trajectory going up and getting more experience with boxing. Right, right. I believe that too because, um, again, I'm no no disrespect to uh, George Masvidal, but I don't think his boxing skills are are as on level of a boxer. Right? That's right. He can fight. Right. He can brawl. He can fight MMA, but I think it's just going to be almost the same as he against uh, Tommy Fury. Yep. Well, it looks like the next fight is set for Kai Kara France and the return to the Octagon to face this this June 3rd to face the surging Amir Albaziz um, in a flyweight matchup. Now, Kai Kara France has not fought since he lost um, to uh, Brandon Moreno back in UFC 277. Um, it's always good to see Kai Kara France. It's another body in that division, someone that we know has the potential to make waves and create waves and even maybe be champion uh, later on. Yeah, a high-level fighter in that division right. and definitely want to see uh, what he looks like when he gets back Yeah, and hopefully keep moving forward in that division. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other, other news and notes? I do not. All right, well, that wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Uh, now on to um, the recap of our Pick'em League. So, I ended up going 1-2 and two in the final week, week 12 of MMA. I went 1-0 and in boxing, so I ended the season 5 with 33 wins. Now, you, Daniel, you ended up 2-1 and one in MMA, 1-0 and oh in boxing, and you ended up with 37. So, you have tied up our seasons. All right. And have won the last two, and I won the first two, so this next season will be a rubber match. Okay. Yes. Now, for our players, final week 12, we have Dom at 24, Shane at 28, Loretta, a newcomer, at 33. I also was at 33. Omar at 44, another newcomer, Everett, at 34. Daniel, you were sitting at 37. Lynn at 38, and Dan ended up getting... Going to 40 and is wow. the newest winner of wow. our Pick'em League. Darn it. So he did wind up choosing. 
picking because I needed him not to pick at all. Yeah, it's funny you say that because he actually on Saturday (laughs) while we were at the watch tournament sent me a a text and said, hey, you just let Daniel know that I do listen to the podcast and I will be picking. Right. (laughs) Well, we appreciate everyone that that continues to participate in our Pick'em League. Congratulations, Dan. That's uh, that belongs to you. Yep, it's your moment. It's your time to shine. Uh, next, there's always next season for me. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys here. That's, there's always the next. season. It's always next season. Yeah. And you know what? We are going to kick that bad boy right up. That going into this week. This All week right. will be week one of our season number six. So All get right. in. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and social media. Uh, That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.